and welcome back to a new show from the What The Fork podcast. Um, I wish it was starting on a bit more of a positive note, but um, it's not going to do that, as I'm sure you've all just watched the game. Um, we're going to be basically reviewing the game, essentially, with two Sunderland fans and, and one fan from the opposition who was with us on the preview show during the week. Um, first and foremost, I'll come to you, Connor. Connor, uh, stupid question, mate, but how are you doing? Are you all right? Uh, I felt better, if I'm being honest. Aye, yeah. Um, Tom, opposite end of the spectrum. Tom, we're with us during the week, obviously. Tom Tom from the Times, which rolls off the tongue very, very nicely. But Tom, you're obviously coming in from a LinkedIn perspective, which we thought would be a, a fun new thing to do. So stupid question again, but how are you feeling? Are you all right? Well, there's a lot of pressure, isn't there, from the new point of view, coming in when we've just beaten you and uh, try, trying to make sure we all stay friends. Obviously, very, very pleased. These games are always very tight and tense. Uh, felt sick for most of it. But yeah, I'm obviously pleased, but without getting carried away. I felt sick for all of it. Um, Connor, I'll come to you first and, and try and get the Sunderland perspective because I'm sure the majority of people tuning in will, will want that. Um, what do you make of the game? Like, as, as balanced as I suppose you possibly could, because I know we're recording literally five minutes after full time, but but what did you make of it? I just think we were very, very, very slow. We're, we've had 10 days off and we just didn't look any better than the way we ended the season. You would think with this break, because we kept saying we needed a break to rest the players and stuff like that, but it just did not seem refreshed and Hume from the start just did not look fit which proved hence how we got injured I want to throw the um, Tom Flanagan choice at you I think we've been kind of crying out to get a few centre-halves back in Flannel came in today and I, I don't think it was entirely his fault for the second goal I think it's very much Lee Burgess but Flanagan doesn't fill me with confidence at the best of times I don't think he had a great game today. I think defensively for the first one, it was it was horrific, if we're honest, after Burge had actually made a really good save. Yeah. Um, but Flanagan coming back in after not playing since the beginning of March, do, do you think that was the right idea in hindsight? In hindsight, yes. But if it was Luke 09 that made that mistake and he was playing centre-back, which he has been in recent weeks, then everyone would be saying, well, why did not put Flanagan in? If he was if he was fit to play there, considering he's supposedly a centre back, so in Lee Johnson's view, out it it was a lose lose situation for him. I obviously did the Sunland Echo stream, um, and I'd like I'd like to see myself as not a reactive person, but I've I've went and convinced myself to do a reactive podcast. Um, I am not advocating in any way, shape, or form that Lee Johnson should not be the manager of Sunderland Association Football Club at all, because I think it takes a good two years to get a real idea if you, you like a manager. But right now, here in time, he came with the reputation of Strictly Johnson. Um, he's on a horrendous streak at the minute. Um, we're not getting any better. In fact, we're probably getting slightly worse week on week considering how important today's game was, it wasn't any better than, say, Northampton or, or, or maybe even the, wasn't even as good as the Plymouth performance. Um, no managers beyond criticism, but do you think Lee Johnson needs to start being looked at a little bit? Because it's not getting better under him, isn't it, really? 
I hear what you're saying, but this squad is not Lee Johnson's squad. And yes, he has gained his reputation of having a bit of a streaky, streaky spell. And we're quite clearly in that at the moment. But it's quite clear that there's going to be a massive change in the summer in the playing staff. So I wouldn't say get rid of him because you are saying a few of those on Twitter at the moment. People saying get rid of him. But he needs time. I still think, judging what I've seen, when we were in that good run of form, we were playing some good football. Um, I have seen a couple of people saying that Charlie White's probably the worst striker ever to score 30 goals in League One, and I probably agree with them. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's it's an interesting criticism to have, but I kind of get where they're coming from in a really weird way. Um, Tom, I, w- I want to come to you from a LinkedIn perspective. Um, if I'm honest with you, obviously you're overjoyed, and, and obviously we're not, but it kind of didn't feel like LinkedIn did that much and they've got a comfortable comfortable win. Like, Was that a good performance by LinkedIn standards, or did it feel quite easy for how big of a game it was? I think that's a difficult one to answer. Obviously, we discussed it on the preview show. Both sides had had tough runs coming into the end of the season. You know, we both could have finished stronger. Um, I think we played okay. But yeah, you're right. It wasn't the best we've played. I think from an opposition point of view, watching you guys, and obviously I'm keen to talk about Sunderland because it's a Sunderland podcast, that was the most one-dimensional I've seen you in the games we've played against you this season. And it's, it's funny, you know, we all have this as fans of football, Lee, when you go on Sky, they trot out the same things over and over again. And my God, they were desperate for McGeady to score, weren't they? Literally did not shut up about him the whole bloody game. But it felt like Johnson had gone so narrow down the idea of get the ball to McGeady, get it in the box, or win, try and win a free kick, get it in the box. And I felt when I've watched you guys before that you've got talent, other talented players. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like wasting a... And, you know, Connor, you talk about Wyke, but sometimes you need other players around you to make things happen and then the ball drops to you and you get a chance. I just, I felt like you played into Lincoln's hands a little bit because it made it very one-dimensional for us to play against. Um, and so you're right, in a sense, it was it was strange because we weren't amazing, we weren't brilliant. And yet it's very rare to for that to end up as a 2-0 first leg win. Um, I thought we were bright in parts, but there were certain players. I bigged up Morgan Rogers on the preview show. I thought that was one of his worst games he's had for a long time. Um, and then I also said I wondered whether Tom Hopper, our number nine, could score. And he obviously got on the end of the first goal. So there you go. Obviously, some reverse mockers are put on him. But um, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in what you guys think, because obviously I, our old manager, Keith Alexander, uh, God bless him, once said that 2-0 is a funny lead. And it is. It is a funny lead. We all know that for all you guys are down now, 10,000 in the stadium alike, goal in the first 20 minutes, it's game on. But from you, from your point of view, was it a bit too obvious to do the whole McGeady get the ball, like? I think we felt for a long time, um, apart from just the Parkinson era for obvious reasons, that we're maybe a little bit one-dimensional on McGeady, um, which I think is why a lot of people loaded the signing of um, Jordan Jones, who was horrendous today, horrendous again. Yeah. Um, but I think, and, and I don't know what you think, Connor, but I feel like, and, and, and I'm not pinpointing Lyndon Gooch as like the bad guy here because he's, he's far from the worst player we've got and he's far from the most off-colour, off-form player we've got. 
but it's almost like McGeady's the only one that really steps up game by game. And I know that he missed a few good chances today, but he, he always looked like a bit of a danger, whereas the rest of the players huffed and puffed a little bit. And I think almost like Lee Johnson maybe is trying to get other players into the game, but they're just not good enough. Am, am I being harsh with that, Connor? Or? No, I agree with you. And I think that's why Lee Johnson doesn't deserve the criticism because that squad is not capable of going up. It's not good enough. Aside from a couple individual talents, such as McGeady, it's just not good enough. And that's, like, judge, just by watching today's game, and I don't know what Tom would say, but they wanted, they chased every single ball. Oh, we didn't. Man. We do not have that work rate and that size, and that's what we've been crying out for. We've got no pace and we've got no strength. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think what, what was interesting, obviously, in... You can talk about moments. There was the header from right, wasn't there? And there, you did sense that it's the bar. We go down the other end and score. You did sense that you're right, Connor. But for that first ten minutes after half time, there was a bit more zip, wasn't there? There was a bit yeah. more energy. But you're right. In that first half, that's what I meant. In in line with one being one dimensional, it felt very slow and pedestrian. You know, I kept look turning to my dad and going. I, are they just playing for the second leg here? Are they, are they, is that what they're going for? Um, yeah. So it was strange in that sense. But we, Michael Appleton does drill into Lincoln to work very hard off the ball and winning the ball back and pressurising. And that's, you know, funny. Obviously, a goal comes from a guy chasing down the goalkeeper um, and pushing high up the pitch. But yeah, I, it was strange, as I say, as well as being one dimensional, I was surprised how there wasn't that. Right, oh, it's a playoff semi-final. Other than those ten minutes after half time, oh, that was strange. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like Graham could agree with us on this. Since we've been in League One, we've just had this sort of way we play, which is a slow build-up, which just hasn't worked. A lot of these teams that are going up are playing fast, fast-paced football where they're pressing all the time. There's maybe there's something I, I want to ask you both here in a way because um, I want to get the Sunderland fans' reaction to it and maybe also the the Lincoln fan and, and, and thoughts on it. Um, I'll make no qualms about it. I'm a, I'm a Chris McGuire fanboy, but you become a fanboy of a player for a reason um, because he's dragged us out of the shit so many times. And people talk about inconsistencies with Chris McGuire. Now, for me, he's consistently pulled us out of the shit for three years um, and give us a fighting chance in, in a lot of promotion races. It's great under Parkinson before the curtailment of the season. And obviously, he turned up at the, the semi-final of the last playoff we were at against Portsmouth twice. Uh, actually got into the skin in the, the second leg an awful lot and probably helped gain us the, the mental advantage in the second leg. Um, he didn't even come on today. He brought Jack Diamond on, who I thought should have also came on in the 91st minute. Connor, uh, am I really biased with my Maguire praise or do you think like that is just a total kick in the teeth for someone like Chris Maguire to just leave him off when we're 2-0 down with like 25 minutes to go. I was screaming at the telly, if I'm being totally honest with you, even before the second goal, because you could see we just needed that creative spark, someone other than McGeady to create something, and that's what he does. He's a big game player, and I know we made a big deal out of Parkinson freezing McGeady out the squads before Christmas, but Lee Johnson's done exactly that with Maguire. Maguire's got the same, well, not I wouldn't say the same talent as McGeady, but he's the closest thing to Aidan McGeady's talent that we do have. And personally, you could see Jordan Jones was horrendous today, 
And I would have personally drug, dragged him off at half-time and give Maguire that 45 minutes and see what he could do, because he's a game-changer. So, same question to you, Tom. I think we've all been in the situation where you're looking at um, you know, who, who's on the bench, and, and someone's got a strong bench on paper. Ledbetter, mm-hmm. uh, Ross Stewart, Jack Diamond. Um, Jack Diamond, who obviously had a great game against you in the, the last game. Uh, yeah. Chris Maguire is probably the one that most League One fans know of because of his history and because of mm. his title as a big game player. Were, were you surprised that A, Jack Diamond came on the 91st minute and Chris Maguire didn't get on at all when we were chasing the game for about 25 minutes and, and needed a goal to, in my eyes, give us a chance at just maybe getting something in the second leg? Yeah, I was very surprised he didn't come on, definitely, for at least half an hour. Because he, he is, as that as you say, he's that kind of player that I've seen before that he is capable of that McGeady-esque drop the shoulder, bang, and all of a sudden as an opposition fan, you're like, crap, close him down or, you know, that kind of thing. It's So it was surprising in that sense. I thought the, I thought bringing on Ledbetter when he did was surprising. I, th- I thought either kind of, you know, taking, I, I didn't know whether him on for power was a bit like, well, you know, that's, yeah, that's not really going to change anything. I mean, I've I've, I've always been, quite impressed by power when I've ever seen him and I think he does you know Connor you were talking about that drive that slight edge he does give yeah. you that whenever I've seen him so I felt that was a weird one to take him off maybe it was a tiredness thing I don't know um, to me it would either you know maybe start him and Ledbetter just from an experience point of view to control the game maybe because obviously what our big player of the match was Liam Bridcut experienced in the middle created the first goal, but I felt he managed the game really, really well. And for all your experience that you've got in your squad, I think particularly once power went off, there didn't look like there was kind of a leadership in terms of, lads, let's make this happen or try and create a chance. So yeah, the the, the changes did surprise me. And I, w- I wanted to ask as well, because Graham, on the first time I was on, I talked about and obviously talented lad. And he's one of, I wonder what you guys think about whether he's one of those footballers that his versatility will end up counting against him almost because you then end up moving him around so often that you where's his best position and you come to a playoff semi-final with a talented lad, you've got him at right back, having to do quite a lot of grafting work against Morgan Rogers. I don't know, is that the best use of him? Is that... Yeah, so there's there's lots of confusion, I think. Whereas for for Lincoln, as Lincoln fans, yes, there's players that can come in and come out, but I think Michael Appleton knew and knows his system and the way he's going to play and the players that go into it all the time. I, I think for me, Unai is his worst position as right back. Mm. I actually prefer him at centre back or in midfield. I much prefer him in midfield because of his energy. He's he's Josh Gowan with a goal threat. Mm. Um, and Josh Gowan's Josh Gowan without a goal threat <laughs> at all. Um, you touched on leadership before. I found that quite interesting. Um, I thought before the game when I was trying to be positive, okay, the one benefit we have is you've got um, Onai and you've got Ledbetter, you've got Power, you've got Scowan, you've got McGeady, you've got White. You've got players there that are not 21, 22. And yet, for some reason, the leadership that I've seen today came from your one experienced player and mm. a bunch of 18, 19-year-olds, the likes yeah. of Brennan Johnson. And you just think, that's an attitude thing. Um, I mean, were you, were you surprised, Tom, at how little 
cohesion there seemed to be within the team and how much no one got their foot on the ball and went, right, let's fucking have it. It's a big mm. game. You know what I mean? And, and no one did that, did they, really? No, particularly, as I say, after the power switch and that, you know, when we're 1-0 up, there was a period of 10 minutes where, obviously, as a Lincoln fan, it was very uncomfortable because you had the ball quite a lot, didn't you? You know, the kind of yeah. pass, the centre-backs pass it left, right, right, what we're going to do, right, we're going to lump it. But there was no sense of someone coming short and going, right, give me the ball, let's go, let's turn, let's put a bit of energy into it. And, you know, I don't know whether you were describing 09 as being that option. If you moved him into the centre of midfield, I don't know. But, yeah, because and the other thing as well, thinking back to the games we've played against each other, in the Papa John's game, I felt like it was your experience that won you that game. I felt, watching it as a Lincoln fan, that we're being done here by an experienced bunch of players. It was the Leadbetters and those people that came on and kind of just controlled it. You got back into the game and, you know, it was never in doubt that you were going to then win on pens. So it was surprising. It was just that lack of direction. And uh, we touched on it, didn't we, in the preview show about what a young side we Lincoln are. But that almost, in a sense, makes it... it do, there's no judgment. There's no experience clouding your judgment. No pressure. There's, it's just, right, we know our captain. He's the 32-year-old experienced lad. We've got our jobs. Go and do them. It makes it much easier. Whereas almost with Sunderland, there everyone's looking around going, am I, am I the leader? Is it me? Is it the other guy? Should I do it? I don't know. It just looked a bit... Confused. I mean, I'm, I should throw in at this point, you'll win the second leg 3-0 and I'll be made to regret all this. <laughs> uh, I feel like I've gone I've gone 10 minutes without throwing that in. So I've got to, as a Lincoln fan, got to throw that in. But I agree, it did look a little bit confused tactically and in terms of leadership. If we, if we win the second leg 3-0, I will personally invite you on every single podcast, <laughs> including the former player ones and everything, just like, yep, yeah, Tom's here, he supports Lincoln, he's not going to say anything, he's just on it. Um, just sitting in the background. Yeah, just just hanging out, just hanging out. Um, Connor, we'll, we'll touch on it. I want to keep the short and sweet because that's the plan going forward. Because um, I think if I talk about the game much longer, I'll put the laptop to the fucking window. Um, <laughs> I've got to be careful what I say here because obviously, well, I don't have to be careful what I say, but Lee Burge. I've actually defended him quite a bit this season, and, and I think he don't think he's as bad as people make out. But fuck me, like Jesus. it just seems like it seems like with Lee Burge, he he has a good spell. He pulls off some cracking saves, and then he just does one thing that lets him down. But I wouldn't entirely pin the whole blame on him because I would say Flanagan should have done better. He should have done better with the first goal as well. But yeah, it didn't. It wasn't great. <laughs> to be totally honest, but I haven't seen it something that bad from from him since the first minute of first minute of the season when he decided he was going to spear someone. <laughs> Do you remember having... Bristol Bristol Rovers? That was the end of the that was the end of the first lockdown. I was having a nice spa weekend in Inverness for that, and he totally fucking <laughs> ruined it. Um, I, I think looking at um, Burge, I, I spoke to Tom last week and we discussed fine margins in these games and how it is a cup competition and it is based on how you play on the day um, Burge pulled off a great save and our defending was horrendous and, and then he makes that horrendous mistake players and the mentality and the form and the, the genuine talent are, are what pull you through games like this and, and I want to rewind back a few years ago Connor we played Portsmouth away 
Portsmouth were a lot better than they are now because let's be honest, they're absolutely dink uh, this yeah. season. They make, they make us look decent. Um, John McLaughlin made save after save after save after save. And, and at the start of the season, there was people going, oh, I don't see the problem with uh, John McLaughlin going to Rangers. Like Lee Burgess is good enough for League One. But I think yeah. it's proven over the season. And I'm very reluctant to dig someone out. But I think based on today, hopefully Lee Burgess does listen to this. Which, God, I'm really sorry if you do, Lee, because I'm, I'm aware I don't want to hammer you too much. We all make mistakes, but that was a bad one. But I think it comes down to... John McLaughlin didn't make mistakes like that. You could trust him. You had faith in him. Yeah. Burge does sometimes make mistakes like that. And when people go, oh, why didn't we turn up? If this is a 1-0 game, you go, well, that was crap. That wasn't good. But you're not, like, despondent going into the game on Saturday. I mean, I've got a ticket yeah. for the game on Saturday, and I'm like, it's over. It's done. 1-0, I'm, I'm not saying that. I said before, if we get beat 1-0, it's not ideal because I don't want to lose. But you take a 1-0 because 10,000 something fans, you go, right, how are we going to win this 2-0? You know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember the 1998 playoff and we rolled them home. Um, vastly different team. Like, I wouldn't mind Kevin Phillips even at 40, 44, whatever he is. <laughs> um, but, it, but it is those things. And, and maybe it goes back to the Donald era of, you know, asset strip in the bloody club and getting rid of a goalkeeper who's, you know, he's only understudy that Alan McGregor, who's had an outstanding season and has gone to the Euros, and, and yet Lee Burge is in there. And, and I don't think Lee Burge is the worst goalkeeper we've ever had in our life. And I know people disagree with me on that, but I've seen some bloody bad goalkeepers. Lee Camp, I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> but, like, John McLaughlin's in that goal, right? Do you reckon that we go into the second leg just 1-0 down? Maybe not even 1-0 down, maybe 0-0, because... John McLaughlin pulled off saves that he did against Portsmouth in the second leg. And it's just little things like that, isn't it? We've just never progressed past the the team we had in the first year here. And and the first year in the League One playoffs wasn't good enough and we've regressed so much. Um, And and I don't understand how that changes. Like, who's going to want to come to Sunderland, even with a billionaire owner in the summer? Let's be honest, the view of Sunderland from the outside looking in is not what it was or not what we think it is. We're not an attractive club to come to because... Which was shrouded in negativity and desperation and yeah, stuff. I mean, am I being too harsh here? Am I being too despondent and too reactive? Uh, I know what you're saying. I don't want to touch too much on Donald and his reign because I don't want to talk about that sort of patch of history anymore. Because let's be honest, it, it's been dire. Get it, such as when you're watching this, the game on Sky and the are going on, on about big old Sun and. Um, beating the min, uh, playing these minnows, Lincoln, but we're not. We're all on an equal footing now. We're not this big club anymore. Yes, we've got big facilities and we are on paper a big club, but if you look at we're playing staff, we are probably below some of these clubs. The recruitment over the past couple of years has been absolutely awful. It's just been a case of, oh, who Stuart Donald's got in his mobile phone? Oh, we'll give Chris Maguire a ring, call him. He'll come play for us. And we have, we've just cut back ridiculous amounts because they could not fund the football club. And there is little signs now that things are going to improve, such as we're seeing with owner at Stoke on a Monday night, watching with under 23s. And that shows to me that he's committed, he wants to do well. But that we've heard all this before, we've heard it's going to be a case of action, speak louder than words. Battle scarred, isn't it? It's, I think it's battle scarred is what we talk about. And everyone has those kind of... Uh, Tom, you, you nailed it um, on the preview show when you said that uh, 
I don't think Sunderland fans are arrogant. I think they're absolutely terrified. Like, and I bet you'd felt like that going in the game if you'd seen any Sunderland fans tweeting. But obviously, I want to keep this short and sweet because Tom, you know, I'm going to let you go and enjoy yourself, and Con, I'm going to let you drink yourself and it stick well alongside myself. Um, I want to come from a different perspective here. I I think we're done. I think that's it. Um, I cannot see us scoring two goals, let alone three, at the stadium light. Even if we had forty-eight thousand in there, because we simply aren't good enough, um, and I don't yeah. think the manager is good enough yet. Um, but Tom, as a Lincoln fan, um, how far do you agree with the statement that the tie is done and dusted, and you're, you're after Wembley? No, not not a chance. No, no way. Am I? You're not going to get me on the record saying it's all over. Definitely not. Um, I mean, look, I I take your points, and I've agreed with the assessment of of Sunderland's performance. I wasn't that impressed as an opposition fan. Um, but I do think, as I say, with fans, uh, as, as I said with my thing about Sunderland fans being so terrified and so battle-scarred, as you said, it's going to be about how those 10,000 react, isn't it, in the first 20 minutes um, to the performance. But one thing I did want to say, and you, you guys can give me your, your insights and then I'll get straight on the phone to Michael Appleton, is obviously you're talking about the limitations and things. Is there a case, and this is very much devil's advocate, and I'm sure Sunderland fans will be laughing at this, but with it being 2-0, that maybe Lee Johnson can go, right, let's do something different because I need to do something different here. I can't, we can't just go out there and do 90 minutes of McGeady. I've got, got to do different. So is there, is there a case? And if, and if there was, if you, t- if you guys could do two things, three things drastic, whether it's move 9 into the midfield or something, start Maguire. Like what? What are you doing for the second leg? Sign an emergency goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good point, actually. I think he's got to get Maguire in, um, but I don't know whether it's too late. And, and and I don't think Johnson will. I think he'll. I think he'll stay stubborn and he'll talk all that shite about Pomo and all the crap he goes on about, like David Brent isms. Um, that's a very reactive statement for me. That was full of venom. That well done, G. Um, which is the point of the show. Fair enough. Because um, there, there is just, just again, playing de- like we are the team that, yes, we were quite composed tonight and Bridcut was important, but we are still a young team. And we did, you know, 3 0 up against Peterborough, threw away that lead. We, we've shown a, we have an ability during the season to not buckle, but to show a bit of naivety and a bit of immaturity at times. I think we did it a few times in this game, giving away far too many silly free kicks. So I, there is a, there is a, I've still got a sense of fear and danger that if there's an early goal, McGeady bends one into the top corner after 15 minutes, it is bang on, game on. And so that's that's where I'm just wondering whether there's a tweak or one thing you'd, I mean, Connor, one thing you'd throw in? What should I, what, what am I scared about? What should I be looking for? What am I telling Michael Appleton? Um, well, I was a bit surprised today that Winchester was on the bench because since we've signed him, aside from McGeady, he's arguably been one of our better players. Mm. So I was quite surprised not to see him playing today. Well. But, I also, yeah. but I also think we do need some pace somewhere on that pitch because it's just so slow. And that was the issue. And like you've just said there, we do need to come out the blocks on Saturday. We need to start strong and we need an early goal if we're going to stand any chance. But if I'm being honest, I think that's us done. Yeah, me too. I don't think we're good enough. 
Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that, Connor. I, I don't think we can, but but hopefully uh, when we do this again next week, we'll be egging our faces and I'll be the one drinking this Elvis juice faster because we've won. Um, but I want to keep it short and sweet. Hopefully everyone enjoy, has enjoyed this new show. Uh, Connor, thanks very much, mate. Enjoy your night. No problem. Thank you very much. Tom, enjoy your night as well. You might as well. Gee, I would just just want you all to know I won't be enjoying it too much. It's only, as all the cliches say, it's only half time, etc., etc. So, long way to go. Yeah, uh, I suppose it's a positive way to end it in some way. Thanks very much. Yeah.